millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome back to the very first edition of the 2019-2020 Rogue Report Extra Podcast. Uh, doesn't feel like I've had much time off from these extra podcasts, not at all, if I'm honest with you. I think it's only felt like about two weeks and already we're back into it. Uh, Sunderland have, at the time of speaking, confirmed four pre-season friendlies and the first of those is a local match against South Shields on Thursday, uh, 7.30 kickoff, I believe. So... Basically, what we're going to be doing is grabbing the buck fast, jumping on the metro all the way down to Bede, giving it a bit of Yaldi to witness football and God, such as Tom Flanagan, Josh Gillies, Donald Love, hopefully, and Gary Brown, and possibly even Phil Turnbull. Uh, to talk us through the game at South Shields is Chris, who's a South Shields fan from the Mariner podcast. How are we doing, Chris? Are you well? I'm good, thanks, mate. Yeah, really good. Thanks for having us on. Not a problem. It's weird to be able to record in a studio with an opposition fan. Well, it's weird being in a studio full stop for me because we've recorded our podcast in some weird and wonderful places and not once was it a studio, I can assure you. <laughs> it's a luxury for me, truth be told, for the for the extra podcast anyway. I mean, first and foremost, like straight off the bat, are you looking forward to the game? Very much so. Um, can't come soon enough. It's been a long, a long couple of months really because the non-league season finishes well before the Football League and Premier League. So um, we haven't had any football really since the... Since the last week of April, first week of May, so it's been a long time, and and really for Shields, it's like unfinished business. So after the disappointment of not getting promotion, we mm-hmm. really want to get cracking again and, and and get started, and hopefully make the coming season a an ultimately successful one. You had very very similar heartbreak to us, sort mm-hmm. of towards the end of the season, but I felt like I was saying before that like we've had two minutes off. Um, yeah, I've really felt like that. Do you find that having that extra time off had a, a positive effect? It makes you more excited. The the longer the break, I think, come on, let's let's get going again. To be fair, by well, historically, I, I, I'm a red and white yeah. lad myself, and Good. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, and you know, although we didn't see the the final at Wembley, um, we were in Edinburgh, uh, the family. We had the notifications on the phones, yeah, and when the notification at ten to five came in, um, that literally just seems like thirty seconds ago. Yeah, no time at all, and here we are back again. Where for us, you know, South Shields, it's um, it's a longer break, and of course, with it being part time, the lads, the staff, are, you know, they've got jobs. So yeah, it, it, they need that little bit extra time, I think. I think I was talking to you before when we were off air, talking about players having jobs and stuff like that. I used to go to school with uh, 
a lad that used to who plays for you, um, former Gator captain Phil Turnbull. Yeah, and I believe he's a he's a PE teacher and he's in his day to job day to day job last I'm time. I'm not exactly certain because in a, in a match program last season it had on that he he was some kind of fitter. Um, he's a fitter. Some, something like something mechanical or something um, engineering ish, but I couldn't tell you whether he's a PE teacher or not. I really couldn't tell you. All I know is that he's a pretty fine footballer. Yes, so he's doing well. Good. Yeah, well, he, he has done well, but but I think I, I still don't think South Shields have seen the best of Phil Turnbull yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we may well see a more a more um, integrated Phil Turnbull in the coming season. When I was sort of looking through the the Shields squad list today, there's a lot of former Gateshead players mm. there. And the big surprise for me was I seen Big John Shaw listed yes. as a defender. Mm. Ex- explain that to me because he was a centre forward last Cent- time I checked. Yeah, centre forward signed for South Shields just before the start of the season in, in which Shields won the Northern League First Division, signed as a striker. But um, when needs must, you know, yeah. there was a uh, there was a gap in the in the back four. And um, he'd said to the management, you know, I, I can play at the back. And he did. And since then, really, he's only ever gone back up front uh, in the late stages of games where Shields have maybe needed a late equaliser, yeah. something like that. So... He's quite a cultured defender, to be fair. Bit of a Lee Howie move, that centre off a centre forward. Bit of a Lee Howie move, <laughs> but, but John Shaw is is uh, a class act. Yeah, on and off the field, and he reads games well. And obviously, being a, a striker, he'll he'll have an idea of what strikers that he's up against are thinking. Yeah, and um, there's a lot there's a lot of players at South Shields. I've I've sort of noticed there's a lot of a lot of league experience there. I mean, um, Phil was a uh, was captain of Gateshead, which mm. is only just outside the leagues. You've Josh Gillies was at um, was at Gateshead as well. He was at Carlisle. Um, at Carlisle, so Josh. he was. That's right. So Josh. he was. He was at Carlisle. Spell at Carlisle. And you've also got um, you know John Shaw we touched on there before, who I think was a chef wed at one point. And obviously, made his name at uh, I think he was at he eventually made his name at Gateshead, but he'd been all across the football league before Luton. that. Luton, Luton that's right. Of course, um, he was at Luton. David Foley. Um, started at Hartlepool United. Yes, and um, was their youngest, still is their youngest ever. Yeah, player, at least I think he is, and and goal scorer as well. Um, and David went on to play in the states for Fort Lauderdale. So he's got bags of experience. Yeah, you mentioned obviously we've we've, we've mentioned sorry a few of those players, and um, obviously Shields do have loads of it, like football league experience here, or, or more than most non-league teams seem to have and all are quite good ages and there has been a huge level of success in recent years like there's back-to-back promotions there I think you went from Northern Division 2 all the way up to the NPL Premier mm. you also won the FA Vars 2017 if my memory serves me right correct um, last season was a disappointment by current standards mm. in, in that sense mm. Um but how was last season as a fan because it was it was still a good season I mean you, you finished pretty close but based on the success you've had, it's been success after success after success. And then you have a bit of disappointment. So how was that as a fan? For some fans, it was difficult to take, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, expectations were naturally high. Personally, um, I still enjoyed this. I think it was a fantastic season. The Northern Premier League is well, has to be one of the most competitive leagues in the country. It has to be. Um, the gulf between um, the, the North Division as it was, and the Premier Division was massive, huge. There's a lot of ex-pros in that league. There's a lot of um, recently released academy mm-hmm. prospects from, from league clubs. So competition's really high. 
And um, so for a lot of fans, expectation was naturally high. Some automatically assumed that it was going to be an automatic promotion again. We were under no illusion of how difficult it was going to be. We still, our podcast, if I think back a year ago, we still tipped Shields to get promoted. But um, it was very much a, it's been very much a learning curve. It's a really, really, really tough league. Um, some of the away trips midweek when you've been at work and things. It, I mean, I, I travelled down to Grantham for the uh, for a Tuesday night away game um, in early spring, uh, and it's a tough, tough gig. I mean, you're leaving at three o'clock in the afternoon. You're not getting back until one, two in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. So ultimately, it was a, still a successful season, although. The aim was promotion. It wasn't quite to be. It was still a fabulous season of ebbs and flows. I mean, we we normally try and do our podcast on a monthly basis. So one month to the next, it was, well, Shields had a bad start and then they were catching up. And then at Christmas, January, they'd caught up and would gone top of the league. And by February, they'd, they'd gone from top spot and it was ebbing and flowing. And ultimately, Farsley Celtic, deservedly won the league title they were the most consistent yeah so I I personally think and I think a lot of supporters in hindsight now will believe that South Shields will be better for the experience of last season they they have more idea of what it takes to get out of that league and the management clearly do with what's gone on in the in the last six weeks two maybe uh, because I'm I mean, I was born in Southwick, but I was brought up in in sort of Chichester area. Mm-hmm. So, like South Shields is pretty much was my home for a, lot, a long time before I moved to Scotland. Yeah. Um, but I suppose, in a sense, because I'm Sunderland through and through, Sunderland is my first, Sunderland's my last. And although I like to see Shields do well, I don't know too much. And I suppose there's a few fans that won't be like that. There's a lot of Sunderland fans that keep an eye on Shields, mm-hmm. and those down the road as well, as I suppose, also do. Yeah. But to someone who maybe like myself who doesn't know much about why South Shields have had so much success. What has changed in the background for you to kind of literally parachute through the, uh, sorry, uh, kind of like fire through the league, sorry, but at the same time, how far do you think they can go as well? Well, it goes back to um, South Shields were actually playing football in Peter Lee for two seasons. Didn't have a ground. Um, 2013, if my memory serves me correctly, um, they were kind of turfed out really yeah. uh, former chairman John Rundle owned what was Enfield Trona Park wanted to sell up and and the club had to play for two seasons down in Peter Lee and uh, it was a chance letter written by a gentleman called Bob Ray who's the club historian um, and was obviously a, a Shields committee man and he sent a letter to a guy called Jeff Thompson Looking for some sponsorship to sponsor a stand mm-hmm. in the ground at Peter Lee and uh, and Jeff delved a little bit deeper into why they were at Peter Lee and ultimately Jeff bought the ground, bought Filtrona Park, managed to get South Shields back, changed it to Mariners Park straight away, put some money in to to give the manager John King a budget to to work with. Because prior to that, John had been delving into his own pocket mm-hmm. as well as little. There was a little bit of sponsorship, but most of the sponsors had gone. Why would a, a business in Shields sponsor a team that plays in Peter Lee? Yeah, exactly. So um, Jeff Thompson got Shields back into the borough, and uh, John King had a budget to work with. Uh, to quote Ross Gregory in his in his book, um, could sell snow to Eskimos mm-hmm. um, and it just went from there Northern League Division 2 was wrapped up 
the signing of Julio Walker during that season ah, was a massive, massive catalyst. So the signings of people like David Foley, Robert Briggs had dropped a few a few levels, and then the the you know the signing of Julio. Well, the name just got people through the door. Yeah, of course. So back at Shields, gates were four hundred, and then Julio came and seven hundred, eight hundred, and it, and it went from there. I um, had watched from a distance as to what was happening with the club. I, I'd fallen out with football completely. Mm-hmm. Um, being a, a, a Sunderland supporter yeah. by trade, um, I'd, I'd fallen out with football completely. I'd, I'd, not, I'd stopped going to any games. I didn't watch any football on TV. Um, I'd had enough. Yeah. Um, I get like that weekly. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how you do it. I really I do. I've got a lot of friends yourself. who still, you know, <laughs> avidly go week in, week out. Some go home and away, and I think, why? Um, it, it, uh, hats off to you guys because I couldn't do it. Sunderland football matches were ruining my weekends. I was still ruining mine. (laughs) You'd go to the Navy Club for a pint and you'd have a great time in the Navy Club. You'd go to the game, you'd be depressed and you'd go back to the Navy Club and try and, you know, build yourself back up again. And it got to the point where there was one particular game where Sunderland were playing QPR under Poyet. Got beat 2-0? No, no, we were 3-0 down within 20 minutes. Nah. And after that 20 minutes, um, my son said, Dad, I, w- I want to go home, I've had enough. Yeah. And, and that was it for me, I said, no more. And I'd fallen out with football and it was a, ga- a lad I used to work with, it was 2016, I think. And he said, just pop down to Mariners, have a couple of beers, you know, just see the lads. And, um, and I did. I've never been away since. It was just a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Decent standard of football. Have a pint. At a reasonable price, yeah. Um, at, at that time, you, you could you could go. I could go have a pint, pay pay on the gate, uh, buy a program, have a pie, and have change out of fifteen quid. You know, uh, it's changed a little bit since then, but uh, in twenty in twenty sixteen, yeah, um, that's what you could do. Still and, good going. Yeah, still you know. And I've never been away since. It just got me interested in football again. Yeah. In Sunderland to an extent, I still look out for the results, but I still, I won't go. Yeah. Because I look at what's happening and think, well, I'm quite happy watching South Shields, thank you. It's yeah. not, I'm, not, I'm not a glory hunter by any means, but um, I, I like watching um, a good game of football. Yeah. And we're more or less guaranteed that at Mariners Park. I live right next to a... A local team in Scotland, Queen's Park. Mm-hmm. They've ju- just moved out, actually, of, of Hamden, which is not surprising. There's only about 500 people yeah, there yeah. In, in a 50,000-seater stadium. Never understood that. Bit of a strange one. But um, it's funny, you see, it, it's, I, I supported the Premier League team for a long time, at the very least the championship team, and this is the lowest ebb mm-hmm. Sunderland have been at. Um, and I suppose uh, when I went to Scotland, it was a case of I wanted to tick off a few grounds. And you really see, like... I wouldn't necessarily call it a good level of football, but um, <laughs> there's like a big passion there for like teams yeah. like Queen's Park. And I know Queen's Park are technically in like a, a league division. I, I don't know if they are part-time. I'm pretty, sh- pretty they will sure be they will be. They will um, be part-time. But you look at that, and, and it's also a really good ground for, for young kids to come through. I mean, if you look at Queen's Park, you've had Andy Robertson, who just won the Champions League. Um, Neil Collins, who obviously yeah. wasn't yeah. a huge success at Sunderland, but he had a he had a Premier uh, Premier League appearances, mm-hmm. a championship career. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of people that come from that. Um, and I think that there is an awful lot to be said for non-league. And I think there's a lot of... I mean, Mick McCarthy, I was talking to to sort of Nyron Nosworthy the other day and we were talking about um, 
how Mick McCarthy would go for players like Nyron Nosworthy, uh, Danny Collins, and he kind of plucked them from like Division Two, Division Three. The success story is Jimmy Vardy, right? Yeah. He's from like the, the non-league levels and stuff. But is there anyone at um, South Shields you think could make that move up up the ladder? And do you think there's anyone that will be one? Well, they'll all be wanting to prove they can play against mm. the league team on Thursday. But no yeah. denying that. But do you think there's any younger lads that potentially could have a good performance on Thursday and you think could make the step up? Very much so. I mean, the, the South Shields, um, the, the squad is made up of players many of whom have kind of not had their day, but the chance, you know, the, the ability to, to move back anymore. up through the leagues, yeah. not, you know, the, the late 20s into their early 30s. Yeah, of course. Um, but there are some young boys there who who do have a future. Um, South Shields' very own academy um, has had great success in its first two years. And um, two, two lads who may feature on Thursday um, have just been given... One-year deals with the club, um, so they're kind of academy graduates now. Yeah. That's Aaron Thompson and Callum Guy, both of whom have um, pitted the, pitted themselves very, very well in the first team whenever they've been called upon. Uh, particularly Aaron Thompson in the Durham Challenge Cup final against Shildon at mm-hmm. the Stadium of Light. He ran the show, which for an 18-year-old kid against yeah, it's only Shildon, but you're playing against blokes. Yeah, and um, he ran the show. He was the standout operator that, that night. So those two clearly will have a, a potential to have a future in the game. Um, but the South Shields have also made it very clear the direction they're going in because two signings they made at the mid-season um, in Luke Daly and Nathan Lowe uh, are from the Northwest. Yeah. Um, both from Lancashire. Both are academy graduates um, from Burnley. Um Luke Daly was at Manchester United prior to that. They will both have a future, from what I've seen, hopefully with South Shields. Yeah. Um, quality, quality players. Um, and the, 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 there's three, the three signings that Shields have made um, this summer are all lads who could well have a future. Adam Thurston, uh, Melenic Ali, Robinson Wakoma. Um, they will they will look to have futures in the game if they play their cards right, and and also lads who have been at Shields for a little while, Dylan Morse, a Sunderland lad. Yeah, um, he may well still see himself as having a kind of future in the in the full time. How old Blair now? Blair Adams. Blair's twenty seven, I believe. Because he he he's still full time. Yeah, he did, and he did quite well at. A, a Top of my head, Coventry, Coventry, yeah. Accrington, Akron- Stanley. Sure, well, Coventry was where he really made his name, and he was at Hartlepool. Yeah, so he was. Yeah. And, and and Blair is full time with the club anyway. He's a, yeah. he's a club ambassador. Yeah, he, he's a co- he has a coaching role, um, which is exactly the kind of role that John Shaw's just taken on as well. Yeah. John's gonna, is a full timer with the club, and Shields have have just announced um, a new hybrid full time model. So there are. Squad members mainly from last season who are still part time: yeah. Phil Turnbull, Josh Gillies, to name but a few. But there are players who will be full time. The Northwest lads are going to be playing. Yeah, they're going to be living in the area. Um, the new signings that they've made, they'll be living in the area. I'm sure they'll be full time. Blair Adams is full time already. John Shaw. So, 
plus the the academy boys are all full time as well. Yeah. Um, so there'll be several who believe they'll have a future in the game. Yeah. But, um, so Sunderland supporters who are there on Thursday night um, should be in for a decent standard of football. Mm-hmm. Uh, we well will be in because the 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 joint management team of Picton and Fenton at, at South Shields preach football on the deck. The supporters, Sunderland supporters, will see a great surface. Yeah, fabulous surface. One of the best in the whole of non-league. Pitch of the year. And how much are the pints? <laughs> happy hour. Uh, I have to I, ask I that get, for, can, for, other, for others, you know, for a friend. Happy, happy hour. If there is a happy I'm not sure there'll be a happy hour with it being a night game, but uh, you can get a pint of John Smith's, normally 280. I'll do. Uh, three quid tops. Good for me. Moretti. That, oh, that'll definitely do me, yeah. Yeah. I can take um, either of them. Nothing, nothing. It'll be, it'll be less than four quid a pint. Which is not bad. It works. That is. Can you drink it in the stand? Um, you can drink as long as you're more than a meter away from the barrier. I can do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's, there's some supporters. There'll be many who will have been to Mariners Park yeah, before. Course, I'm sure yeah, there'll yeah. be lots of Definitely. Shields-based Sullen supporters. But for those who haven't been, yes, it's non-league, but the facilities are pretty good. The marquee. Where I normally go before the games, um, is that is is excellent. The clubhouse, so there'll be plenty of bars. There's a. I, I haven't heard anything about segregation. No, so I'm going to assume either. there's no segregation. So therefore, that there is another um, outlet, which is a food outlet, but they also have cans. Yeah. So they'll pour the beer into plastic containers for you. So there'll be plenty of opportunity to get a pint. Kind of touching it in a way already, I suppose. And I think I know the answer to this, but I've I've got it wrote down, so we'll ask it. Um, have you noticed like an influx of Sunderland fans that do get down to Mariners Park when they can, or do you find it sort of split between Shields fans who've always supported Shields, bit of Sunderland, bit of Newcastle, or do you find that because I was I've always felt like South Shields has been a Sunderland stronghold, like in in my opinion. Mm. So it would make sense to me for there be more Sunderland fans to have like an influx towards Shields if they were going to go and watch a team other than Sunderland not quite um, there's a lot of Newcastle supporters in Shields is that because they were born in the 90s <laughs> well people talk about bandwagons you see yeah and there is a Shields bandwagon um, but Sunderland had a bandwagon in 1997 when the Stadium of Light opened clearly well there was a lot more fans in there Gates. at that time yeah Doubled. Newcastle's gates doubled in 92. They were only invented in 1992. 1992, yeah. That's when they were invented. That's correct. <laughs> That's correct. But so people talk about bandwagons and uh, and there's a lot of banter. I've got friends in, you know, Sunderland supporters, Newcastle supporters. We have great, great crack. Um, and um, people know that I follow Shields quite passionately now yeah. and and you get the odd comment, but ultimately, everyone has a bandwagon. Without a bandwagon, there would be no success. So when I interviewed um, a lad called Colin Porter on the Mariners podcast recently, and Colin Colin's affinity with Shields goes back to 1968, mm-hmm. and he's actually you know he's Mariners through and through. His affinity, he's got an affinity, he's got an affinity for Burnley Football Club because they're playing Claret and Blue, oh, like course, Shields, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so Colin is a, a diehard of, of South Shields, and I asked him, you know, do you ever ask yourself where the hell were you guys when Shields were 
in the doldrums. Yeah. And I said, do you ever get a little bit frustrated with that? And you know, he said, well, yeah, he, he, he does, but you wouldn't have it any other way now. So, yes, you'd ask yourself, where the hell were you? But you wouldn't have it any other way when you've got the opportunity for success. So when so what you'll see at Mariners Park on a Saturday for a league game is you'll see Sunderland supporters there if Sunderland are away. Mm-hmm. You'll see Newcastle supporters if Newcastle's away. Um, you'll so they get kind a few, of avoid each other, then, do they? Yeah, well, you'll get some. <laughs> well, yeah, you'll get some who are there purely because they want to go and watch us. They're a bit fed up, maybe. I mean, with what's going on at the Stadium of Light and at St James's Park presently, you may well get a few more. Yeah, you know, what what kind of team are Sunderland going to be able to put out in August? Yeah. Hopefully, you know, by the time this podcast goes out, we've got a few more in the door. But at, well, what, at, what happens if you, speaking, what yeah. happens if McGeady goes? Yeah. You know, without Aidan McGeady, from what I watched last season, which was limited, I didn't watch much, but what I did see was that Aidan McGeady was out on his own. Oh, McGeady and McLaughlin without those two. McLaughlin got you into the playoff final. Yeah, outstanding. At Fratton Park, he dominated his box in that game and Portsmouth never looked like scoring. If you've got a back four who who can trust a goalkeeper, then you're laughing. And he was so good that night. They had ultimate trust in him and he dominated that 18-yard that yeah, box. Superb. Portsmouth were never going to score no. in a month of Sundays. So without without him and without McGeady, I really worry. You yeah. know, and you may well, with what's happening but, but, you know, with the barcodes, you, you, you think, well, who are they going to bring in as manager? Who are they, who are they going to... Which, which Steve, players Steve are going to come? has been installed as the favourite for them today. <laughs> you know... <laughs> Oh God, I hope that happens. Well, Catamore will end up at St James's Park then because he's only that supposed to be happen. going to Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> he can stick at Sheffield again. I think. So Catamore at St James's Park. Um, so, so you'll find at, at, at Mariners Park a whole cross section of support. But really, the people of South Shields are getting behind the club. Yeah, the, the, they can see the the positivity, and there is real hope that. That can go continue to climb through a few leagues. The club announced Project AFL last season. In my view, a bit early. Um, I've got my own take on that. But um, the, the the ultimate goal is the football league. Personally, that would be fantastic. I'd be more than happy with national league. Yeah. You know, South Shields in the conference. Wow. Yeah. Massive. Massive. Huge. And if Gator can get there, you've got, I mean, obviously Gator have been there a long while and they have their own issues. But they're going to struggle. They've been there for a long, long time. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, I'll be honest, I used to live near Gator Stadium and I'd mm. go down and watch them when... Yeah, I used to go and watch them. When Phil played for them as well. Mm. Um, if Shields can get at that level, you know, I think I think that would be a great South, level to be at. The history of South Shields Football Club, you know, is a very rich one. And um, they really were one of the top non-league clubs in yeah. the late 60s and early 70s. Um and, and I'm not going to go into the history of it, but but be, until they folded in '74 and everything shipped up to Gateshead, which you know, so Gateshead Football Club doesn't sit well with Shields supporters. Um, Shields were regularly in the FA Cup first round proper. Yeah. Um, they were they were one of the top non-league sides with crowds of four, five, sometimes ten thousand. So. And Colin, who I mentioned before, Colin Porter, he was one of those young kids 
who were there in those days. He was a band, but so, but they've got the so they know the club's history. So yeah. the, South Shields is big enough to have a a league club, yeah, or at least a national league club. It it, it is big enough. South Tyneside, particularly, um, it's just a case of getting there. But it's the hope, isn't it? Yeah. Jeff Thompson's brought with, with himself. He's given everybody a bit of hope. And and notwithstanding the fact that you, sometimes you might rely on the fortunes of Sunderland on your castle, really the fan base is there. Yeah. Averaging fifteen hundred a week. How many are you expecting? I know it's sold out. It's is it three thousand? It'll be three thousand. It depends. It depends on segregation. Yeah. Um, if it's segregated, you're probably looking at three thousand. Yeah. Without segregation, three thousand two, three thousand three thousand three. Yeah. Don't quote me, but that's probably going to be about what it is. And just to sort of cover off with the game and stuff like that, then I mean. Obviously, we'll go into predictions and stuff like that. Although, in essence, I suppose it's about fitness, isn't it? Mm. That's the the old mm. cliche. But when the game was announced, how I, I quite like the fact that it was announced because, like I say, I was I was brought up in Shields. I'm, I'm a Sunderland boy. I'm a Southwick boy, but I was brought up in Shields from the age of four or five. Um, but how big of a buzz was it around South Shields when the game got announced? And do you think it should be more of a regular thing, and maybe it should have happened long before this? Among supporters, there was a buzz. Because it, the the immediate talk was that it's going to be a, a proper Sunderland team. It's not going to be Sunderland under twenty threes. Yeah. Um, yeah, you get the odd comment, you know, that's Sunderland going to Shields, and but it's a good. It'll be a good game of football, and a really good test for both sides. Yeah. So the excitement was naturally high. Um, plus, announcing it when they did, supporters needed that little bit of fix of. Shields news and football mm-hmm. news and it was just a great way of doing it. Um so excitement is excitement's building, you know. Um there's friends of uh, uh, among the supporters group been talking about it for a while. Everybody people are there's on the fan forums on the Facebook pages and things. People are looking for tickets. Yeah. Anybody got a spare ticket? Anybody so got am a I, actually. <laughs> I've got mine, but I'm looking for one. Yeah. So if anyone knows one, by the time this goes out, <laughs> you know the Twitter page. Yeah, I, I had a spare student ticket. It's gone. It's been snapped up. <sighs> so... I couldn't pass for a student. No. no. <laughs> and just to kind of cover off, I, I was trying to think how to word this question without sound, without it sounding like... I was big in Sunderland up too much, but I suppose in a sense, Sunderland are a League One team and we're a big club in League One. Mm-hmm. Going to South Shields, yeah, it, it's it's probably a nice thing for Shields fans. Is there any particular players you're looking forward to seeing from Sunderland side? Players? Yeah. If McGeady plays, I'd be delighted. Yeah. I think um, because he's a class act. And fr- my knowledge of Sunderland players has, has, has dropped a lot in yeah. the last five years because I don't follow them like yeah. I used to do. I don't watch them enough to, to really get to know players. But um, McGeady, uh, um, the energy of Gooch, you know, yeah. and Honeyman, that would be good to see. Just some names that the Shields supporters will un- will recognise. But if McGeady did play some kind of part, that would be that would be lovely. It yeah, really would. Be nice to see him. Yeah, be nice to see him for us because he's uh, it's felt like a while since we've seen McGeady fully fit, even at the back end of last season. Well, if you look at the at the Johnson's paint final, you know he ran the show in the first half. Oh, second brilliant. half wasn't quite there, but but now I, I just think in, in the second half neither team was there. To be honest, I thought yeah. it was a poor poor 
two two average looking sides in the second half. Try to fl- flush that up my mind to check the tree there. <laughs> and uh, just to cover off then predictions. Oh, uh, uh, it depends on what. It, for me, it depends on what kind of side Shields put out. One of my bugbears last last preseason was the fact that in so many preseason games there were so many trialists, which really, in my view, set us back mm-hmm. about two or three months going into the main league season. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't appear that that will happen this year to an extent. We've already done some good business with trialists who've already played in trial games. Yeah. There may be one or two other. I mean, Blair Adams played as a trialist last yeah. year, you know. Um, so you're always going to get one or two nuggets. But um, if Shields, um, who are now semi-full-time, there's a hybrid full-time model, so the, the players are already obviously getting to know systems and things. Um, I'd fancy Shields to get a result. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say Shields win, but to get a, a result of maybe a 2-2. I'll take a 3-1 Sunderland. Um, I have to. You have to, but <laughs> I tell you, um, the result doesn't bother me. Yeah, same in a sense. To to an, I mean, I don't want to get beat. No, I don't think anybody wants to get beat. It wouldn't bother me. But Shields getting beat. Yeah. Ultimately, what I want to see is South Shields ready for the seventeenth of August, which yeah. we weren't last year in my view, and that's the view of one or two other members of the podcast team and probably a few other supporters that I've spoken to as well because of the fact that where there were so many trialists, people were on holiday late, goalkeeper turns up from holiday two days before the season. Um, that, to me, was just ludicrous. Yeah, so, that's crazy. Um, I, I'd like to think that... Because um, the, pre- the previous pre-season was great, you know, yeah. Sunderland under 23s came mm-hmm. because it was a testimonial for Stephen Ramsey. But Shields played against opposition that you would expect to play against dur- during the season. Yeah. They tailored the opposition to suit. And looking at what we've looking at the list that's already in place, Sunderland on Thursday. Huddersfield, I think, is what we've, we've got. Yeah, we've got Cleethorpes on Saturday. Cleethorpes, yeah. Who we beat at Wembley in the yeah. Vars final. But Cleethorpes are a decent unit. We've got Huddersfield under 23s next Wednesday. We've got York City, Geisley, yeah, Hebben, um, who are going to be a real force in the Northern League. Osset United, which from, is managed by Andy Welsh, I yeah. believe, a Sunderland and, player. And we've also got Bolden CE, which is the the Sam Bartram Memorial Trophy. That that's normally a game for yeah, Academy that, lads. Yeah, yeah. So the, there's proper opposition, and I'd like to think that that's la- the the. The deficiencies of last year's preseason are going to be put right. So therefore, um, um, I'm expecting Shields to field a side that is recognisable mm-hmm. and will hopefully give a good account of themselves, give give Sunderland a really good game, and um, if we could, if we could take, I'd take a draw. Yeah. But I'd also, I would take a defeat because, yeah. as I say, that for me, this preseason is about preparing for August the seventeenth. Shields need to come out the traps firing and they're not going to do that by fielding a team full of trialists every week. Yeah. Chris, thank you very much. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Real pleasure.
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.